Welcome to this episode of Breaking Business Barriers. JT, Jared Ty, he's uh, he's co-host along with me, Brent Duhame. We're at episode 111, so over the course of several years, we're, uh, we've met some great people. I can't wait for everyone to meet the fast talker, Myers Jackson. You know, I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to hear this. We've got to have a little bit of, uh, we've got to have a little taste of that, by the way. And I'm sure everyone asked that, but JT, you want to take it over from here? Yeah. Great to be back on, man. It's been too long. So, uh, I was, uh, a fan of the TV show, Texas flip and move. I think my wife and I watched every episode, uh, fascinating show about these people that, uh, pick up these, these kind of small homes, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll actually move homes. Uh, so whether that be a, a tiny home or an actual permanent home that they put on wheels and move, uh, it was a great show to watch. And uh, Myers was the auctioneer on the show. So Myers, when you and I crossed paths, I think on, on Facebook, uh, I was geeking out. I was like, man, that's the guy from, from Flip and Move. So really excited to have you on today. Awesome. And I know that's just a the, the, uh, small part of your story. So, so excited about, about hearing more. Yeah, I appreciate being on and look forward to this opportunity. And, you know, let's just chat and have a good time. Absolutely. Brent? So, Myers, why don't you give the, uh, the elevator version over, over the course of your career, how you got, how you entered the point? Well, first of all, what, what it is that, uh, that we're talking about here, your, your, main, your main cog, uh, per se. But why don't we back it up over here a little bit? And how'd you get started in what you're doing or what was the idea? It's not every day that you meet someone doing what you're doing. That's for darn sure. But I think it's one of the coolest things ever because they can speak a million times faster than I could ever dream of. Well, if you can count from one to 10, you can be an auctioneer. So that's not that tough. So don't give me too I, much credit, but it is. A I, good I stumble around six, just so <laughs> you know. Well, you know, it started back, uh, you know, back in early, early. I'm, I'm going to go back to my teen years. I, we worked in the fields just like you did. Uh, it was with tobacco and watermelons down in central Florida. And then one day I got a, uh, I got a, a, we was crop in the back and I got a chance to go get a roofing job. And the guy asked me, say, you want a job roofing? Yes, sir. That was my answer that quick because it was hot into the back of fields, but at least we got a breeze on top of the roof. So I become a uh, roofing contractor in the state of Florida. I had a CCC license. I could roof anything in the state of Florida, but I decided, you know what, like a lot of people do, you know, they look for a career change and what are you going to do? And, and I migrated into real estate and I got a broker's license back in 98 and 99 and then in 2000, I, I promise you, I can take you to the last house that I ever showed as a regular real estate agent. That's what I refer to uh, regular real estate agents. And I said, 930 at night, I said, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've carried this guy around all day. He don't buy anything. What can we do? And then uh, I got introduced to auctions. I'd met an auctioneer. And what happens is you hear what we refer to as the chant. And that is the fast talk everybody refers to, and it's mesmerizing. And it's like, hey, how do you do this? And I started trying to catch on and mimic this guy. And then, uh, you know, another friend of mine got to talking about it. He says, hey, let's go to auction school. And I went to auction school with the, under the premise that I was going to sell real estate at auction. And so, you know, here I am 22 years later. Uh, it wasn't easy to break into the business. But with a little bit of perseverance, that's uh, that's what I'm doing here. So from the tobacco field to the rooftop to uh, to real estate broker to auctioneer. 
so you're what did you hesitate at all i've got a i've got a good friend I didn't tell you this before we got started i've got a good friend that also is a real realtor and does auctioning okay stuff. and i never i grew up with him so i, I can and if he's listening john you know you do a good good job but what, did you hesitate at all once you got into into this school and start to learning or was it intimidating or how was it say um you know it, it's a it's a curve and when you get into school I mean, imagine being put up in front of our class at like 130 people. You have to stand up in front of people and say, hey, and you can't really perform yet. You're in the uh, onset of learning what to do. So you can't really put the, your numbers together, but this is the basis of it. You have to be able to step up in front of people. And, uh, you know, so it is a little bit intimidating, but after you get the basics, it becomes easier and easier and now this is this is the coolest thing. You have to sit back and think, you know what? Here I am. I can do this, but all of you can't when I'm in the public. So it gives me a level of confidence to be able to say, if I mess up, okay, so what? Probably 99.9% of the people don't know. I know I messed up. I just keep on going. So it is it was a little bit intimidating, but now it's second nature. And, you know, I love to perform. And uh, it's, it's, it's an exhilaration getting up in front of people. It sure is. Jared. So Myers, when you made that switch from uh, sounds like residential real estate uh, or basic real estate, like, like I'm in <laughs> uh, you, who are your clients? Are you selling for, are they REOs for banks or are they individual sellers or, or a little of everything or. Yeah. Great question. Uh, back when I started, you just, I mean, we, I've, I've done more cold calling or as much cold calling as pretty much anybody on the planet. You pick up the phone. I used to do a course called Dialing for Dollars. You pick up that phone and it starts by saying, hey, I'm an auctioneer and I'm a real estate auctioneer and you engage in a conversation. So that's how the most of my business come my way until uh, the banks really started letting properties go in the uh, 2008, 9 and 10 eras. So we, we actually had to just tell people what we do and it's tough. It's tough to tell a, a, a seller something different than they, they've been pitched by a regular real estate agent 10, 15 times, but they never heard this. But this is a key takeaway. A lot of the sellers who hear this, they say, you know what? That's what I've been looking for. So it's, uh, you, you've got to search through the haystack, to, you know, to, to, find, to find a, good, a good seller that will accept this process. Well, that's awesome. And I'd love to come back to more logistics on how that works because I'm genuinely, genuinely interested and curious myself. Uh, but man, you have an interesting story. You've been all over the nation. I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I'd love to hear. In fact, I watched uh, your video, uh, a video you have on YouTube where you're just kind of talking about, uh, you know, where all you've been and some of the exciting things you've done. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I I was looking over some of the, uh, some of the, you know, the, the, the pretext here about, you know, what, what's something funny. I don't know if that's what you want to hear now, but I want, it's not that funny, but it was, this was probably for me, very exciting to go to a place that everybody in the world has heard about everybody. So what, what place can you guys think of that is an iconic place that people have been and everybody wants to go to just, just a couple of ideas. It's a house and I'll give you a hint. It's a house and it's in California. 
I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm, I, stopped, well, I, I stopped at six. <laughs> you know, I, I know the answer, but I, I watched the video, so I'm not. You watched the video. So this yeah. is, uh, you know, so I'm going to give you a little bit of background on how I got there, and then I will reveal where this was, and you, it'll come out in the story. So as I began to actually learn how to uh, be in the auction business, and how to really do good business in auctioneering. One day I sold a farm and it was about a $4 million transaction. 1,100 acres, it was in North Florida, uh, tomato farm, a bunch of swampland uh, kind of combined. So it was a real, real big, uh, diverse farm. But I had some people who were real happy for me. They was like, listen, you've done a great job. you know." And so this guy, he was really a friend of ours or a friend of mine, and uh, my whole auction team was there that day. I was working with another company, but the whole auction team was there, and he was just so happy for me. He says, he says, Myers, he says, I got a, I got a ticket that you may be interested in, in, in going to this. I said, yeah, what is it? He says, I've got a ticket to the Playboy Mansion. He says, do you want to go? And I'm like, heck yeah, I want to go. I mean, just didn't <laughs> hesitate about it. So uh, I got a ticket to the Playboy Mansion at one of the parties out there. And I was, of course, they started sending me information once I registered on their side. Oh, we're going to have a silent auction and we're going to do this, that. So I started pushing back, you know, light emails about, hey, I'm an auctioneer over here and I can do this and I can do that. And they just kind of really shut me down. So uh, there's a two part deal to the mansion party is one, you have a pool party the night before and they solicit bids to body paint Playboy models. And so all of these girls was walking around and, uh, you know, they was, they was well-dressed that night, but you're, they're saying, Hey, will you bid on me? Will you bid on me? Will you bid on me? And it's all to raise money for charity. Well, they was getting like zero, zero bids, but they was getting a lot of people asking for their number and you know, this or that and the other, imagine that. So I, I said, ladies, I said, uh, I said, I want to just get everybody together. So they gathered up and I said, I said, I'm an auctioneer. I do this for a living. I said, do what I say, when I say, and how I say. And I said, we'll run a game on everybody in this whole place. And we did. And we rate, and I got bids on every girl, just kind of behind the scenes. And at the end of that, the lady who organized the party for the Playboy Mansion comes up to me. She says, are you really an auctioneer? I said, yes, ma'am. She says, can you talk fast? I says, yes, ma'am. I can talk fast or I can talk slow, whichever one you want me to do, she says. Hey, well, talk fast for me. And I said, 75, 75, 100, now 100, 300, five. Wasn't that big of money, but I'd done my chant. And all of a sudden they said, I'll be right back with you. And she comes back and she says, hey, do you want to be the auctioneer at the Playboy Mansion tomorrow night? And of course I said, yes. And so I, I spent seven years at the Playboy Mansion as the auctioneer, and I'd go out every year to Beverly Hills and just have a good time. Well, that is Man. quite, quite the, uh, the, the story there, quite the, the experience. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Mickey Mouse maybe had a house out there, so I was a little bit of ways away from the Playboy Mansion, that's for darn sure. <laughs> like, yeah, so I was, I was um, you know, there's a lot of auctioneers who, who really wanted to be my assistant during that time, and... Uh, it was uh, it, it was a fun time. I took my 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 son turned twenty one, and I took him to the Playboy Mansion at the age of twenty one, and I become the best dad in the world at one thirty p.m. and the next morning. So it's like okay, it, it worked out pretty good. So 
when you were there, you were, you were, you were still living over here and you were doing that, that work in California. Yeah, that's right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, auctioneers, we really have the ability and we don't mind traveling. I mean, I got into the auction business to work on a national platform. That was my goal. That was my dream. I wanted to be able to sell real estate from coast to coast. And going back to the cold calling, Jared, what I would do is uh, there used to be back in around the early 2000s, there used to be a, a bulletin called the Rural Property Bulletin. And it was published out of Nebraska and it would come out and it would go to everybody in America. And uh, this family, this, you know, just a small farm family owned it out there, but everybody in every state would have their property listed. And I'd go through and pick out the for sale by owners and I'd call every for sale by owner in that thing. And so you would never know where somebody would say yes, upstate New York, North Carolina. And it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's some excitement to go visit another state in a place that you've never been, get to hang out with local people. They tell you their story and then you get to sell their place and make a little, make a little gas money on top of that. I bet. So you went from not so tiny house in California to some uh, very tiny homes that you sold or helped sell here in Texas. I'd love to hear more about uh, that. The, uh, the, the, the flip and move here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just like anybody else, you know, I, I received a phone call one day and um, spam wasn't quite as bad back in uh, early 2013, but it was still, you still got some crazy calls. Mm -hmm. So I got a call one day and it, uh, it said uh, Hollywood, California. I said, what the heck? And I picked up the phone and answered the phone. And there was a young lady on the other end said, are you a Texas auctioneer? Now I did not live in Texas at the time. I lived in Florida. That's where I grew up. That's where I was. Uh, I lived out in Jacksonville and, but I was licensed as an auctioneer in Texas. I had a lot, of, I got a lot of licenses as, as an auctioneer. So I said, yes, ma'am, I'm a Texas auctioneer. And she says, well, this is what we're doing. We're going to put together a show and they're going to pick up a house and we're going to remodel it. And we're looking for someone who could be the auctioneer uh, to sell the houses. Are you interested? I said, absolutely. Uh, so I didn't hesitate on that. And by the time they got arranged to where they was having what they call the sizzle, there's a sizzle. And then, uh, then there's a, uh, there's an episode where it's a test episode. And then if you get lucky, they sell that first season and, uh, the pilot, they sell the pilot and you get on for the first season. So this was, I'm going to tell you about how I actually got on the show. So there was three auctioneers that were trying out and I was one of the auctioneers and we were set up over here in Lake Worth and it was cold. It was so cold. So, um, I had brought my, my long jacket, my trench coat, and I had my gloves on. And of course I always dressed with my tie. Of course I had my hat on and, uh, the producer asked me, he says, uh, you know, introduced himself and he said, Hey, you ready for this today? And I said, yeah. I said, what do you want me to say? And he says, what do you mean? What you, what do I want you to say? I said, well, you got a script. I mean, we got to, I don't know anything about reality TV. I don't have a clue. And he says, what do you normally do? I said, well, we have something we're going to sell. I read terms and conditions. And then I have an auction. He says, do that. I was like, okay. So I go back to my, the legal side of what I do. I mean, I read terms and conditions that's like 20 minutes long and it's legal and it's boring. It's people's like, whatever. And I said, if I do that, I'm never getting on TV. So I thought about it for a few minutes. 
And on my intro, it's auction time, auction time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's auction time. Welcome out here to Lake Worth, Texas. We got a good one we're going to sell you out here today. My name is Myers Jackson, and I am the auctioneer. We're going to sell this house as is, where is, with any and all faults. And if you find the alligator in the attic, he's yours, and you got to keep him. <laughs> Number one, there's no alligators out there as cold as it is. And if he's in the house, this was my disclosure. This is my disclosure to say you're buying this house just like it sets. And everybody laughed and it was like, okay, I'm on to something here. So we continue in the auction. And uh, so everybody's standing here just staring at me. And I'm at 35, I'm at 40, 45, 50, I'm at 50,000. I said, hey, little man, there's a little boy about five years old. I said, hey, little man. I said, you know what? This house is selling so cheap. Even you can bid at this auction today. I said, put your hand in the air one time and it can be yours. And what did he do? He said, Boom. He put his hand in his air and his mom and dad was like, Oh my God. And the cameras went zoom. And uh, so that all worked out pretty good. And after that, the producer walked up to me, he says, can you do that 26 more times? And I said, absolutely. So uh, everybody liked me, the whole cast and, or what was going to be the cast. Uh, they all had a vote in, uh, you know, was I going to get to be the auctioneer? And so that was my interview. And that's how I got to be the auctioneer on Texas flipping move. You did great, man. I really enjoyed uh, watching that show. In fact, I think it'd be fun to go back and watch some episodes again at some point. So the concept of selling something as large, you know, as important as a house uh, at auction, uh, that's something that's just very interesting to me. Um, so, so can you kind of fill us in and maybe any interested listeners on just how that works? You know, are people bringing, you know, cash to the courthouse steps can there be any financing involved? Is there any, you know, inspection period, if you will, to put it simply? Uh, I'd love to know more about that. So I'm going to I'm going to do a, a couple parts in this, if you if you don't mind there, uh, Jared, because the deal is, number one, a lot of people think that, OK, why am I selling my house at auction? Because I don't want to get bottom dollar. And it's a concept that auctioneers it's hard for us to understand why people think like that, but this is the reason why people think like that. If you go back to the Great Depression or any cycle in the real estate industry or in the economy for uh, anything sizable, and the Great Depression was a prime example, that there was so much product on the market until through normal channels, the market could not survive or keep up with the sales. So auctioneers were hired to come in and say, hey, you know what? I got a hundred of these properties and I'm going to stimulate the market. What will you pay? And as a result of uh, like back in 2007 and eight, nine prices are good doing like this. And the bank has so many products until people buy at super, super really good deals. Well, that sticks in the minds of people. And it's a stigma that auctioneers just, I mean, we, we wake up thinking about it. And we, I mean, you know, what, what do we do about it except get up and battle each day, which comes to the question you just asked. Number one, I've never sold anything off the courthouse steps. I've sold very few foreclosure properties. I did sell some bank REO properties back in the day. I sold 240 properties one day. We started at 10 a.m. and had the contracts written by five. We sold to a group of 30 people. I mean, we did sell them packages and things like that. So all of that happens. But the majority of what I've done over the years is one-on-one -on -one custom work with a seller. Go back to that rural property bulletin, which now has turned into land and farm. 
Land and Farm bought the Rural Property Billiton. If you're in the real estate business and you've ever listed land, you've probably probably seen Land and Farm. So I can take you back all the way when Land and Farm was created, Lands of America, how CoStar and all of this come in the conglomerate. But at the end of the day, auctioneers advertise in all of these places to draw a um, an urgency from qualified buyers. Now, I wrote a piece just a while ago. I was at lunch and I'm thinking I write a lot of blogs and I'm thinking on to you ask some questions. Can you have financing? Can you have these other things? Typically. At auction, you pay cash. You buy it as is, where is, with any and all faults, alligator, the tail, feet, and everything. That's how you buy it. You, The Uniform Commercial Code says that you have to give a buyer a reasonable inspection period. So auctioneers have always opened up the uh, inspection period prior to placing the bid. And you got the time. But if you say yes, if you put your hand in the air, you're agreeing that the inspection is, is over or you've waived it and that you're buying cash. But the Metroplex operates a little bit different. And I can go into why auctions work in Ohio and Kansas and Pennsylvania and other places. They work very, very well. But out here in Texas, they're not as popular. And there's a reason for that, just basically because 100 years ago, there wasn't four or five auctioneers that was here building this business for 100 years. And that's a whole different story for another day. However, at the end of the day, now I just wrote a piece. I mean, I I sat down at lunch and wrote this about I'm a modern auctioneer. And we created hybrid auctions a few years ago, and this is starting to work well in the Metroplex and other areas for people who are not familiar with auctions because it scares them. So imagine this, as as a modern auctioneer, I not only do my work to get price, but I can negotiate terms. So every day, Jared, you negotiate terms as a real estate agent. Yes or no? Yes, sir. You look at them and you look at the option period and you look at the amount of escrow money and you look at all of these things. Wouldn't it be cool if you had an auctioneer? Let's just say you had a a listing. Talked to a lady this morning and that's thinking about maybe using my services. She's got a listing with 16 offers already in place. The high offer walked. They accepted the contract. He's out of here. So my pitch to her was, let me come in here Sunday afternoon. You invite them other 15 people. Now we invite everybody else and allow me to open up everything in a competitive environment, not only for price, but for terms. So an example of that would be, okay, well, we got $200,000 and 10 people put their hand in the air. I'm willing to pay 200,000. Now I began asking who will pay 200,000 cash. Let's just say five hands go down. I'm dealing with five people who pay 200,000 cash and skip the option period. Another hand goes down. We so we got four left. Now I'm dealing with four people who's willing to pay top price. And we start negotiating terms such as the escrow deposit. And I'm saying, Hey, who will pay $10,000 for the escrow deposit? Everybody puts their hand in the air, who pay 12 and a half, who put down 15, who put down 70, who put down $20,000 in escrow deposit, and I got two people left. Now I can get into deeper terms. Who can close in 15 days? One person puts their hand in the air. Now, 
how transparent is that offer? And I can do that, number one, because I have an auction license and I have the skill and experience to be able to transmit that in a formidable manner to the buyer so they understand it. And the seller looks up and says, that's my buyer right there. How transparent is that? I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, there's certainly times that, um, you know, that I'm selling a home and that, you know, sometimes it would just make sense that, hey, everybody knows, you know, what the top offer is and how high they would need to go. Um, obviously, there's some, some, you know, reasons that we can't disclose that on, on my end, you know, unless we have, you know, express permission from a seller. Uh, but I think it, it, you know, certainly makes sense that, you know, there's a time and a place that it would be beneficial for everyone to just know, hey, you know, bring us your best and let's make this happen. That's right. Transparency is a, is a uh, super valuable thing of which some, so many folks shy away from it for whatever reason. I don't really get it, but I think it's, uh, I think that's fascinating. Myers, you said something early on you know, as you were lifting your, your career, those cold calls. So a lot of folks that listen to both Jared and I, they're in a sales related field. Exactly. And I could probably ask a hundred people how many like doing cold calls, you know, especially on the front end of whatever their, whatever their career looks like. Do you have a little advice for anyone that, man, I just hate cold calls, but you know, obviously it's done those cold calls have paid dividends. It's like an annuity today, but you want to give a little advice, Myers, to those that uh, fear the dreaded cold call? Yeah, I mean, pick up the phone and do it. I mean, you know, and I can tell you that a thousand times, but it takes picking up the phone and do it. You never know what somebody's going to say, but you never know the answer to my question if I never ask the question. So we've been sitting in here daily. And um, so this is, this is how Jared and I become acquainted more acquainted in this last week because uh in my in my questionnaire that i looked at you ask about a couple of books and we can get into that in a minute and and i'll, and I'll give you all the opportunity you know out of out of this out of the statement but the guy says take massive action today he said you know it's not it's not it people say it takes money to make money it takes courage to make money it takes, it takes a, a tremendous amount of courage to get up and say, you know what, I'm Myers Jackson, who are you? I'm going to say do your homework. If you do your homework just a little bit about the property that you're looking at, now you can end up anticipate what questions you're going to ask. So it's not totally cold. The conversation is cold, but be prepared with your material. So when you're talking to somebody, you know that they got a four bedroom, three bath house, or you know that they've got 33 acres Talk to that individual just like that you have been doing your homework and you know what their property is. It decreases that resistance and people will start telling you some amazing things if you sit back, zip your lip and listen. Some of the best advice that we've heard and we've, we've talked to a lot of great people and encouraged with a capital C, in fact, all caps, right? In bold. You mentioned books. Why don't we go there? This is a this is a book that I've I mean I have really I've got it I've got it and I've given it to a lot of people but it's how I brought myself from failure to success in selling by a guy named Frank Bettinger Bettinger B T T G E R Frank Bettinger 
And basically, he was a washed-up uh, baseball, lazy baseball player yep. in 1913, and he goes on to be the number one insurance salesman in the world. And it's uh, if you, yeah, he uses index cards. And what I've done way back in 2005, I had my assistant. Remember when we had the little punch PDAs? <laughs> well, I would have, uh, and I, I've always had a trouble with smiling. And uh, there's there's a big story behind that, but it was hard for me to smile. So I had, and Frank says in his book, he says, number six in, the, in his third, you know, if you read, there's 13 things that you do on a daily basis. Number six is smile, smile, smile. And so I would have, I had a dentist go in and put in my calendar just at odd times. I said, I don't care when you put them in. He'd put them in my calendar at odd times. And I can remember walking through a door one day, <clears throat> right as I was walking through the door, my appointment went off and I looked and it just said smile. And I started smiling and, and it started making a huge, huge difference in, in my life. But Frank Bettinger is one book. That book was given to me by a man named Hank Deloney. Now, Mr. Hank, as I referred to him, got in the auction business at the age of 86 years old. <laughs> he was a go-getter. And I would notice him daily. He would do the things that Frank said do. And at the end of the day, he'd have his he'd have his little sheet and he'd be writing stuff down. And later on, I knew what he was writing down because Frank says, recap your day, find out how you're going to sell this person. And Mr. Hank and I rode together for a number of years. And he told me a story one day. I said, tell me a little bit about what you do, Mr. Hank. He says, well, I, I sold feed. I said, oh, yeah, tell me about that. And he was like, well, I was actually uh, worked for a company called Checkerboard Square. And uh, he was, and that's Ralston Purina. And he was, the, he was the number one salesman worldwide for Ralston Purina, 27 years in a row. Got in the auction business at 86. Give me that book. And if you do the things that Frank says in the book, you can't help but to be successful. How cool is that, Jared? I like it. Myers, you've had quite the, uh, quite the career, man. What's next? You know, we're going to keep on. Uh, I, I do have something that's, you know, burning back here in my brain that uh, we're going to do. And it's, it's, it's more along the lines of uh, electronic auctions. It's a version of online. But, you know, we're going to take it to the next level to where just imagine, you know, sitting in your living room and you just say, hey, I want to sell something at auction. Or maybe you're not thinking about, but you, you've got five, 10 acres somewhere in Montana or uh, you've got a hundred acres, whatever. And you say, you, you know how tough it is for some people to hire a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. They want to do it themselves. So this is driven for eight, the use of agents can use it for sale by owners can use it, but we don't necessarily want to train them to be auctioneers. And if they want to be an auctioneer, that's great. That's not our goal, but they can utilize the tools that, that I've worked on and I've built and I've developed for the past two decades into being able to sell that piece of property themselves. But the unique thing about what I'm doing here, Jared, is, is, is connecting as a part of this is giving the opportunity to connect their real estate agent with the owner and connect both of those with an auctioneer. Because if you hire a professional auctioneer, they can help you overcome a lot of things that you don't know. But, uh, you know, I don't have to tell anybody. Sometimes people, people don't want that up front. They want to try to do it themselves. But anyhow, that's one of the things that I'm working on right now. It's awesome. Brent? 
Well, as we wrap this up, Myers, this was packed full of really, really good stuff. And, and your enthusiasm share, you know, boom. I mean, who wouldn't want to do business with you, Myers? I mean, it's just, it just pops out. I was excited to, to meet you and going through uh, your bio and what have, have you. I grew up going to auctions, being a farm kid. And, you know, for my brother and I, as little kids, that was, you know, that was a play day. Yeah, it was, uh, been, I, I can't tell you how many I've been to. We attend online auctions for equipment and what have you and some land and, and do all that. So when Jared mentioned to me about you joining us, I'm like, oh, man, I had I had literally had goosebumps going. This is cool. You know, <laughs> this is really cool. And uh, you've been every bit of everything I thought you would be. So thanks. Thank you very much. Great advice. Great book, by the way. I, I was given that book a number of years ago. It's in my library. You got it. It's a cool book. And the person that gave me that book, a mentor of mine, pointed out number six. That's... You know, hey, Brent, you're way too serious. You know, <laughs> And uh, I know Jared has said the same thing as he criticizes or is critical of his own, how he, how he does business. But I'll never forget it. And you just nailed it. Man, you brought me back. You brought me back a lot of years on, on that one, Myers. Well, the truth. thank you so much for joining both Jared and I, Jared Ty, Brent Duhay. And this is episode number 111 on Breaking Business Barriers. Myers, you're out there. Where can we find you? If, if someone's looking for you, what's the easiest way to find you? Yeah, just spell my name right, M-Y-E-R-S-J-C-K-S-O-N. You can find me pretty much anywhere. Uh, MyersJackson.com is my uh, website address. Most social media is America's Auctioneer, and you can find me, you know, pretty much anywhere. So just a simple search, look me up. I'll be glad to answer questions, do business with you. That's great. And we'll make sure to incorporate that into the, uh, to the release. Myers, thank you so much again. JT, may you have a great barbecue type of weekend if you have time. You know, I know you're out busy selling real estate, but I do know you make a little time for barbecue for your family every now and again. Absolutely. Thanks, with Scott. that. Myers. With, with that, take care. See ya. Onward and upward.